I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Brothers and sisters, as I began working on this sermon for this day, the final Sunday of what is meant to be the great 50 days of Easter, I have to be real honest with you. It was a struggle. This past week for me and for Audrey and for our family was meant to be a week of happy celebration as my middle daughter Erin graduated from high school in Kentucky this past Friday evening. As we just recognized last week here at All Saints, graduations are always worth serious praise and recognition as young students, sometimes older students, move from one level of accomplishment to another. And in the case of my daughter Erin and all the senior high students here in our community, they step out of childhood and get one step closer to full-out adulthood. It was certainly a wonderful few days for me to be away, to be in Kentucky, and to get to be with my family and to see us all coming together to cheer on Erin in her graduation. But at the very same time, just as I was getting on my flight out of Jacksonville early, early Wednesday morning, my heart was broken and my spirit totally overwhelmed by the horrific and senseless shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas, the day before. As I followed the news each and every day I was away, it kept feeling like I was getting punched in the stomach over and over again. And with each hit, I found it hard to weave my way through the varieties of emotions that I was feeling, emotions of hurt, emotions of sadness, emotions of anger, and emotions of shock. I am sure all of you this past week have had those same emotions as you too were forced to listen and watch and read the terrible news as it has unfolded. And it makes it even more harder, I think, for all of us when we have to deal with the fact that this isn't the first time we've been through this kind of sadness and senseless loss, nor is it the fifth time, nor is it even the tenth time. This is one more moment of reoccurring intense pain and sadness from gun violence in our nation. And it is particularly overwhelming because it has again swept into the lives of innocent young children. I couldn't help remember as I traveled this week back home that I was actually in Kentucky 10 years ago in 2012 when another young man with a gun walked into the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. At that moment a decade ago, I can still remember sitting in my car outside my office in tears, trying to find the words to pray for those families who lost their children so senselessly. I also remember praying hard that day for my fellow priests and clergy who I knew would have to step up into a pulpit that upcoming Sunday and somehow try to reassure their Christian community of Christ's continued and unfailing love and hope even in the midst of such violent horror and unequivocal nationwide pain. It would be just seven months later when I would arrive back here in Jacksonville to become your priest and pastor at All Saints. And over nearly nine years since then, I myself have had to preach from this pulpit on way too many Sundays 
that have followed acts of violence with guns in our country. I was here in 2015 when an evil white supremacist walked into the Emanuel AME Church just up the road in Charleston. And I was here in 2017 when a madman started firing a military arsenal from the window at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. And I've been with you as we've all suddenly found ourselves having to learn about places all around this country that we'd probably never thought very much of before. Places like San Bernardino, California, and El Paso, Texas, Parkland, Florida, and just last weekend, Buffalo, New York. And this doesn't even come close, as you well know, to covering the number of other shootings we've gone through together over the last decade, including those just down the road in Orlando and right here in Jacksonville in 2018 at the old landing downtown. Shooting after shooting after shooting after shooting, senseless, horrific, and I'm going to say it absolutely without question, evil. But brothers and sisters, this past week in Uvalde, Texas, has been almost too much for all of us to have to bear again. For me personally, it would have been too much if I just had the memories of my two older daughters when they were 9 and 10 and 11 years old going through their final weeks of elementary school. But this time around, I am a father again with my child just finishing first grade and I am a husband with a wife who is a teacher. It has just been too painful, too real, and too overwhelming. It was beyond the struggle. And yet to stand in this pulpit this morning, which I knew I had to do, and not speak about this pain and sorrow to me would have been equally wrong. We are all mourning for the people of Uvalde. We all want to know and understand how and why this is happening again. And we all want to know when and if it will ever be able to stop. I wish I had the easy answer for those questions. But of course I don't. I wish I could find the kind of answer or explanation <clears throat> that would fit in with one of the many ways that we all desperately want to tell ourselves that if we do this, we can fix it. I wish I could tell you that the new gun legislation, which I totally support, would be enough. That sensible laws and sensible regulations would stop all this violence that's overwhelmed our nation. But friends, in a country where there are more guns than people, I'm just not quite confident new laws will ever be enough to deal with the vast availability of guns for those who want to find them here in America. And I wish I could believe that going back to the days of the Wild West might be an alternative answer. That giving every teacher, every bus driver, every cafeteria worker, chaplain and janitor a firearm might protect us and keep our children safe. But brothers and sisters, if there's one thing the history of this world should have already revealed to us over and over again, it is that violence only breeds more violence. And the production and ownership of more deadly weapons, I worry, will only ever lead to the use and accessibility of more deadly weapons to anyone who's willing to seek them out and find them. So this morning, as your priest and pastor, 
who also happens to be the father of a school-age child and the husband of an educator? I can only give you what I think is the tougher answer that I believe is the only hope that we will ever truly have to save us from utter despair in our dark, divided, and violent world. That answer is belief, proclamation, and action in the resurrecting, life-changing love that is Jesus Christ. When I invoke that name, I'm certainly not repeating the political misuse of the name Jesus that seems to be used and abused by some people who barely give his name a true thought or consideration outside of rallies and debates and tweets and news flashes in our divisive political culture. I am talking to you about the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords who calls on us as his followers to give up what we may want, to give up what we may think is right, what we may believe is the better action that needs to be taken, and to instead start loving the other in this world more than ourselves. To start asking first and foremost, what might we do for our neighbor, who I have to tell you is anybody we come in contact with out there on the streets and in this world. Brothers and sisters, this is not just a soundbite, nor is it an easy response to a moment of sadness and tragedy. This is the way. It is the very path of Christians set before us since the time Jesus walked amongst us. Jesus said in John chapter 13, which we just heard read again two weeks ago, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. If this is Jesus' new commandment to his followers, then with it comes hard questions we must be ready to put first in our lives and our actions on each and every step we walk in our faith journey. For a shocking and tragic week like the one we've just passed through, we might have to ask first what children and families suffering in Texas need right now to help them hold on to hope and to recover from their encounter with evil. We might also need to ask what we as followers of Jesus can do for the lonely, angry, misled young men in this country who seem to be falling more and more into violence. What might be the ways that we could show them that love is real and help them find deliverance from the demonic forces that are pushing them towards despair and suicidal, violent anger? How could we be... Find someone to bring them back to the community of Christ in the church. And I have to tell you, as Christians devoted to the way of love, we might need to be asking what Christ would require us to do to take on and overcome gun violence in this country. How do we, not as followers of a political party, but as followers of Jesus, help those in need and in doing so help our nation? Jesus is calling on us to be one with him this morning. And in doing so, stop being angry with each other and sowing the seeds of division that only are destroying us more and more. 
Only by doing this will we ever be able to find our way back to the words of our rabbi and teacher who summed up the law and the gospels this way by telling us to love God first and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. These are the hardest questions, brothers and sisters. But I have to tell you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he is our Lord, and if you want to be his disciple and see this world saved, these are the questions we must put above all else in this sin-sick and violent world. If we are ever over to overcome the plague of evil and violence invading this nation and threatening to destroy it, then we have to let go of everything else and start clinging again to Jesus. The only answer that I am convinced lies first within the love of Jesus. And if we can begin again there, only then can we ever have hope in seeing violence diminished. The action begins and ends with the love of Christ for this world and the love he calls for us to share. Now, I am fully aware that for many This may seem like an answer that just doesn't move swiftly enough or that doesn't carry the right rallying cry in the face of yet another act of terror and violence in the nation. But I have to ask you right now, just how quickly are we as a nation and people seeing things moving in the political sphere of change in this country? If the churches of this nation only join together in love, and walked into every place of darkness as Jesus did, if we shared the good news of God's love for every single person, a God who offers anyone who needs it a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, if we followed the example of Jesus Christ and announced once again that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because He has anointed His people to bring good news to the poor and release to the captives the recovery of sight from the blind and to let the oppressed go free. If we could proclaim, believe, and put into immediate action the return of the year of the Lord's favor, if we could do all that, do you not think that we might actually accomplish our hope of seeing this world changed and evil being removed once and for all. I don't know about you, but that's all I got to hold on to right now. And I'm here to tell you, if it wasn't for the hope and good news of Jesus Christ, I would be laying on the floor in remorse and sadness this week. The prayer Jesus offers to his disciples this morning in our final gospel lesson in this season of Easter is still the prayer we so desperately need as a divided nation and a divided church and a divided world. For you and for me and for all of our neighbors, no matter where we might stand on this issue or that one, Jesus is still praying, Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Amen.